0: Hello and welcome to Human is My Label. This is your host, Emily Purry. I am a wife, a mother, a daughter, a sibling, and a former athlete. I work full time. I am the founder of Rapid, a nonprofit organization, and I'm legally blind. I am so excited about opening the conversation about everything equity. We will primarily be talking about disability, as that is my lived experience, and it is often the minority left out of the equity conversation. I am passionate about equity for all identities, as I have family members from the communities of color, LGBTQIA, disabilities, and we span all ages. It is my goal to normalize these conversations, get people comfortable with the uncomfortable, and include everyone. After all, we are all human. Hello and happy Monday to all of you. This is Emily Purry. so excited to be here today. So today we're gonna talk about language and This is a question I get a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, and it's all in different forms and different ways of asking it, but I get a lot of questions about language. What do I say? How do I say it? What does this mean? What does that mean? Is this offensive? Is that offensive? And so a lot of different things around that. So that's what we're going to talk about today. This is also going to intro us into talking about Racial equity, a slight bit because our next episode, which I'm super excited about is going to be with Ozzy Gonzalez, who is running for the Portland city mayor in 2020. And I'm really excited to, um, air that episode as it's a really good one. So language, when we talk about language and especially around disability, it even starts with just that word disability. Is that offensive because it is disability, which then sounds negative? So, yes, when you break it down like that, it does sound negative. However, it is what it is, and it is a disability. There are other disabilities that people have. I may be able to plan, I have the ability to plan better than somebody else, which makes it a disability. Now, when we talk about that, it takes away from disability in the sense of the accommodations we all need, et cetera, et cetera. But it also normalizes that a lot, that fact a lot. So we all have greater and lesser abilities, which is not a big deal. So when we say disability, no, it is not offensive. Some people prefer uh, different differently abled is a big one. That's um, really common. There's also diversability, just differing abilities or abilities. You don't even say disability. You don't say anything other than, you know, access ability. And so people have their personal preference, just like when we talk about uh, pronouns. People have their preference of what they would like to be identified at, as um, people of color, want to be called different things. Some, for example, African-American. Some people want to be called African-American and some want to be called black Americans or just black. And so even, you know, in this, this, uh, era of race and what do we call it and how do we address it and what do we do with it and this discomfort with even talking about the conversation, if I say my husband is black as a white identifying person, some people may say, oh my gosh, she didn't say African American, but my husband prefers to be called black or black American because his immediate ancestors, which his grandparents, are from Georgia. They are not directly from Africa. Yes, he knows his further back ancestry does go, his history goes back further into Africa, but he identifies as being a black American. And so that's how he identifies. Same thing with disability in the sense that some people want to be called differently abled. Some people want to be called um, my diverse ability. Um, we are definitely seeing the trend of the younger generation wanting to own their disability just like we are owning our culture we are owning our genders yes i am woman and i am proud Um, we are owning our identities and so the same is going forward with disability and we'll talk about person first versus um, ability first in, in a second, but the younger generation is wanting to own that. So definitely disability. I am a disabled person or a person with a disability, period. And so that is very normal. Now, when we look at other types of language, uh, we can look at blind versus legally blind versus visually impaired. So that is absolutely a preference of whoever is experiencing that. I, as a legally blind person, I tend to say I have a vision disability. And I have always done that because of the fact that I feel like that gives people the impression that I can still see. Now, when we talk about equity and inclusion, often the people experiencing the identities have to make other people feel comfortable with that identity. And I do realize that I say I have a vision disability to make other people feel more comfortable. It is definitely easier to say I'm legally blind because technically by the standards I have worse than twenty-two hundred vision and so I am legally blind. Much easier but then people think I'm totally blind and then they don't understand and they get really confused. So I have always said I have a vision disability to make other people more comfortable. The other time this comes up a lot is in the deaf and hard of hearing community. So they can, people identify as deaf, they identify as hard of hearing, and they, people identify as deaf and hard of hearing. And so people look at you like, uh, are you deaf or are you hard of hearing? Which one? And so this is where I'm really advising all of you. If somebody says I'm legally blind or or visually impaired or whatever they say, Take it for what it is. Take it for the words they say. Absolutely. But observe what you're you're seeing. Of course, if you can see. If not, observe what you're hearing. Notice how you are able to communicate. So if you can tell that I can see something, you can say, okay, so she can obviously see something. She has a guide dog, but I don't know to what extent, but let me pay attention still and continue with our conversation and see how this moves forward. And so stop your brain from running. Oh my gosh, is she blind? Is she visually impaired? Is she, oh my, what What do I do? Do I stand over here? Do I stand over there? Do I hold her arm? Do I not hold her arm? Oh my gosh, my gosh, my gosh. Stop your brain for just a second and just notice. Just take a few minutes to observe. And you'll probably figure it out. Same thing with deaf and hard of hearing. If you are noticing that they're reading your lips, if you are noticing that they're using a sign language interpreter, that could still mean neither nor. They could still be hard of hearing and use those techniques to further advance their communication. So the bottom line is, is you don't have to know the details about their disability in order to understand the person. Figure out how to best communicate with them or ask, how can I best help you? I've had people who get close to me as far as friends or coworkers, and they're like, okay, I don't want to be a total jackass. What do I, how do I best help you? You know, what are your biggest struggles uh, as far as going to meetings? As far as, is it okay for me to ask to pick you up? Or, you know, do you want me to just wait for you to ask me? And I'll say, you know what, transportation is my number one Absolute positive, most stressful thing in my life. Riding mass transit is great, but it takes a lot longer. I have to go in the rain with the dog and the wet dog in my bag and make sure in my heels and, you know, like normal stuff. But if I can jump on a lift or if somebody's going the same direction, absolutely loot me. Sign me up for a ride. Amen. Um, Transportation is by far the most stressful thing for me. So, when it comes to that, like, just ask, say, hey, I, if you don't want to answer this, I'm totally okay with that, but how can we best work together? Uh, you don't have to address the blindness if you don't want to, but you can say, you know, I want to make sure that things are easier if I can, if, if you want them to be, or I can help you however you need to, or I can just leave you alone and let you do your thing. And that's important to just have that conversation just as you would any other human if you were going to a meeting, hey, you want a ride? Yes or no? Okay, cool. No? Well, I don't know why, but whatever. Moving on. So language is big. So identity of disability is another language point um, for a lot of people. So disability doesn't bother us. So when people, the other question I get a lot, and this is actually something I wondered. So this is one of my six-year-old questions. As a visually impaired person who has not been around a lot of completely blind people in my life until, honestly, when I went to my guide dog school it was the first time I had been around 15 visually impaired or blind people all at the same time for an extended period of time. And so I really paid attention to the language that they were using. And I was saying, okay, if they say, I was looking at the newspaper but I know they're completely blind. Obviously, they weren't looking at it, but they are okay with using that language. They were listening to it or they were reading it or whatever, but because we are in the same society as people, some people will use that language of, I, you know, I was looking at this or I saw this. Well, you clearly know they didn't. Maybe you don't, but if you know who they are and, and what to what extent they have vision then you would know, okay, I know you weren't looking at that, but you don't have to say that. So a lot of people will say, you know, is saying blind spot offensive, is saying, take a look at this report and let me know what you think. You don't have to say, take a listen to this report and tell me what you think. No, I've been raised in the US, um, and this is not everybody, so, we've been raised in a culture that says, take a look at this, and it's okay. And what I found at school with 15 le- blind, legally blind of some kind, um, people is they said the same thing. And so you don't have to be super sensitive now if you're like, now look at this report right now. Obviously, I can't see it. You're going to have to give me a heads up and say, hey, can I send this to you electronically so you can take a look at this? And or listen to it or however you access it. You don't have to even say those. It's just like, can I send this to you electronically so you can review it and get back to me with your, your comments or suggestions? And so that's fine. But again, that comes back to being able to have these conversations in the workplace, especially around how can we best work together? Emily, what, size font is best or what format is best for us to send you reports in like being able to have those conversations is very important to keep a working relationship healthy um so people saying the blind spot can you see this or hey look over there or whatever now if you're pointing and they're like oh i can't see that and then you're like well it's right there or that's when it gets offensive absolutely and I'm going to preface all of this, which I should have said at the beginning, with some people will be offended. Just like if it was talking about the color of your shoes and you said those are great blue shoes and they're like, they're not blue, they're purple. Some people are going to get offended no matter what it is and no matter who you are. That's humanity. That's not a disability thing. And so we have to keep that in mind with all of this. So... When we talk about those phrases, those catchphrases that people say, you know, say, it's it's fine. Yes, people, some people might snap about certain things, and that's okay. Reframe it and say, oh, I, I'm, I apologize, and make that net mental note. Again, just as you would any other human. If you know that saying shut up really offends somebody, you're going to try to avoid saying shut up. OK, if you know that saying, wow, you're blind, Emily, is going to offend Emily, then you're not going to say that. So, again, not disability specific. So another thing about language is the context in which it's used. So I told you all about my experience the other day with my daughter, Kennedy, the, the seven-year-old. And, um, you know, this gentleman came up to me and said so you have some kind of impairment and so you're you want to stand over here and you know watch your daughter and so in that context i took it as like so you got something wrong with you and so you want to stand over here and have special privileges now i was in a very heated emotional state at that point so i could have taken it wrong but an impairment is an impairment definitely not offensive um i wouldn't prefer that word um but i'm not i i am not super sensitive about language i'm not one to be but like in that context absolutely i was like you bleepity bleep like yes i have a vision disability and yes i want to watch my daughter and i have disclosed this to you and now i am mad at you (laughs) type situation now if you would have said you have a visual impairment um, how can we best accommodate you? I wouldn't have seen impairment as like I as I did in that moment, and so it really depends on the context in which you're you're using it. At times, other times, so around person first. So another thing that's really big in my generation, as I've mentioned, I'm thirty eight, and I would say the working generation right now. I would say anywhere from hmm, twenty five and up. At this point, has been really trained, especially in the workplace, to use person-first language. So that's when you say the person experiencing a disability, or a person experiencing blindness, or a person with a disability, versus a blind person, a disabled person, a um, the I guess it would be a person in a wheelchair. That's person-first. So we putting the disability first before the human the person and so that has been ingrained in a lot of us right now like i said earlier i mentioned it the younger generation is really stepping in and leaning into their identities and so there is a big shift in language right now saying that disability first is okay now a friend and i were talking about this a, a couple months ago and saying uh where which way do we go like it's ingrained us to be per- person first and ah we're just like what do we do because we don't want people that aren't quite as into the disability justice movement to think that we're being offensive, but we also don't want to ignore that, this, this shift in language. And so, what I have personally started to do, I mostly out of habit stay person first, unless somebody corrects me. And so, if I say, you know, I am a person who experiences blindness versus, no, I want to be called a blind person. And then I say, okay, you know, thank you for telling me. I, I apologize if I offended you. And then I move on and I note that Emily wants to be called a blind person. Um, I personally don't really want to. I still feel comfortable with person first, but I think it's more a comfort thing, a, 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 a famili- familiarity thing. <laughs> um, and so um, when we're looking at that, that's a shift. So what you may see, and I've you know, consulted with other people about this, is that you're seeing more in written language, people flip-flopping back and forth between the two. So, a disabled person, and then the next sentence, they might say a person with a disability because we're trying to show that it's okay to say it both ways these days. So, that shift is happening. So, we're trying to normalize that again so people um, know that we're trying to normalize it. Okay. So, that's person first versus, um, disability first. Okay. So going back to one more thing about, um, disability before I close it up, when we're talking about people who use the, the big one is that a lot of people know is confined to a wheelchair or is, you know, cursed with blindness. Um, is the big example is confined to a wheelchair. Nobody is confined to a wheelchair. They get in and out of the wheelchair. They have the ability to move throughout. The- they use a wheelchair. They are um, experience life in a wheelchair. They live. They work. They do all sorts of things. They are not confined to anything. And that gives that negative connotation or that pity or that helpless or that not as productive uh, connotation to what what people think a person in a wheelchair should be experiencing life as. And that's absolutely not the truth. So confined or wheelchair bound is another one that we don't like to use. It's those things that associate that person with only being able to live and be in that confinement of a wheelchair. No, it gives them access. It gives them freedom. It gives them independence. You know, being... Having a guide dog is not all it's cracked up to be at times. I know everybody thinks that it's awesome to take your dog everywhere, but honestly, it is a chore sometimes to carry, a, uh, you know, make sure they have their food and make sure they have their water and make sure you have, you know, this and that and this and that and that you, you know, you have one less hand to carry something with every single day. So it's not as all it's cracked up to be, but she allows me so much more independence than... A cane ever could for me. And she allows me to not rely on my husband as much and to feel safe on my own and not be so stressed out about falling down a flight of stairs or all these other things that a dog allows me to do. So she allows me the independence. She allows me, a wheelchair allows somebody to navigate the world the way they do. And so that confinement really needs to get out of there. Um, And so that's another big piece of language okay so before we roll into our six-year-old question i'm going to take a moment to plug our upcoming retreat so rapid is raising funds vigorously raising funds to build a facility an all-inclusive facility as i mentioned in episode three so if you didn't hear that episode head back there but in the meantime, this May, May 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, we are doing a three-day retreat, three days and two nights, and we are looking for participants. So, we are looking for participants to join us with physical disabilities. This this one is for adults 18 and up, and it will be, as I mentioned, three days and two nights. And so, if you know anybody who is looking for a weekend, retreat, a wellness retreat. We will be doing physical activities. We'll be having massage therapy. We will be hopefully getting some nutrition advice. We will be doing a lot of fun, fun stuff. And so this is uh, an opportunity for people to get to know Rapid. It is free of cost with a suggested donation so that all that information will be coming out very shortly it is on our website but we will outline it further we will get into more details now that we're getting closer but may 1st 2nd and 3rd so if you know anybody that would be into a wellness retreat so getting people healthier getting people out with other people um, having a fantastic time we will be doing that here in oregon and we would love 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 everybody to get their friends, family, whoever it is, themselves over to our website, rapidoregon.org, R-A-P-I-D-O-R-E-G-O-N.org, and you will see a tab, either Upcoming Events, you can get there that way, or you can go to Rapid Retreats, and there's information there, but shoot info, I-N-F-O, at rapidoregon.org. An email saying I am interested or I have a sister or brother or whoever that would possibly be interested shoot us an email info at rapidoregon.org so we can get your names on the list we're only able to provide about 15 spots this round so 15 spots May 1st 2nd and 3rd please give us your interest we are really excited and subscribe to our website our newsletter while you're there Make sure and subscribe to this podcast because there's going to be more and more information coming out. And I hope to catch you all next week. I have Ozzy Gonzalez, mayor of Port- or running mayor of Portland, excuse me, uh, 2020 elections. He is running and we have an awesome interview coming up that talks about intersectionality and how that is perceived and all that good stuff. So talking about a whole nother lens of equity next Monday. So join me then, and I hope you all have a fabulous week. Make it a great week, and we will call Jameson in for the six-year-old question. Should you hold someone's arm if leading them across the street? Okay, so this is a great question, and I believe it's talking about when you encounter somebody who's blind and is needing help or, you know, is wanting help to get somewhere. Like, I once helped a gentleman who was trying to get to the max. He was on the wrong direction. He was going, oh man, north, south, and he wanted to go east, west. And so he, I said, would you like me to walk you there? He said, that'd be great. Thank you. And so they said, you know, do I hold their arm or how do I do that? And so when you're trying to help anyone, as far as, as far as I know, definitely with blind people or people with low vision, um, let them hold your arm because then it's not you controlling them. If they don't feel safe, they can easily let go of your arm and not feel like they have to pull themselves away from you holding them. So it comes down to a control thing. It comes down to a... A safety thing and it it gives the person more control over the situation versus somebody just dragging you along and saying here come with me i can see you can't moving on let's go trust me i'm gonna keep you safe even if you're a stranger so definitely always ask hey i have an arm out would you like to take it and he'll probably say yes thank you and so then it gives them that option and that that making sure they feel comfortable in that situation so there you go have a great day everybody have a great week and we will talk to you soon thank you so much for joining me here today at human is my label don't forget to subscribe share this with your friends families and coworkers. Get out there, get comfortable with the uncomfortable, include everyone, and push yourself to be better every day. If you're interested in coaching or corporate training or learning more about Rapid, visit us at rapidorgan.org. That's R-A-P-I-D-O-R-E-G-O-N.org. You can find me at emily.purry on Instagram and all my other Social handles are below. Have a great day, and I can't wait to see you next week.